Well, Bitcoin price drops under $30,000 as moment of truth arrives, says a trader. Now, if you don't know what Bitcoin is, it's basically a cryptocurrency. It's basically been in the news constantly for the past few months because it's skyrocketed like crazy. Now, cryptocurrency is a great way to basically put money into it and basically have another capital asset, right? Because the U.S. government does consider it a capital asset. But you should never put all of your money into something like Bitcoin, which is a cryptocurrency, because it's just another currency. That's the way to look at it. It's a cryptocurrency, right? And think of it like, you know, I think the Chinese yuan and, uh, you know, the yen and all this other stuff, right? Like, just think of it as basically another form of potentially buying or selling something. And not necessarily as an investment vehicle, but you could park money into it for, you know, future reference. And really at the most, like a good, like, investing advice would be to have less than 10% of your total investment net worth into cryptocurrency right you should never have more than like half of your like net worth be in crypto because it's just too volatile right so bitcoin price drops under thirty thousand dollars and you know this is going to start freaking a lot of people out especially people who bought at like thirty five thousand thirty eight thousand even forty thousand dollars right So Bitcoin, BTC, retested the $30,000 support on January 27th as a day of losses culminated in violation of the psychologically significant price level, right? And so you can see it on the chart if you're watching this that it actually reached $29,757. Now Bitcoin price spooks amid the GameStop row. So data from Cointelegraph markets and trading view showed any bullish momentum left in Bitcoin dissipate on Wednesday after rejecting rejection at highs near 33,000. So another $30,000 retest for Bitcoin, Cointelegraph markets analyst Michael Van D. Pop summarized. Despite aiming for another test of monthly lows, Bitcoin's price action hardly surprised regular market participants. For fellow trader Scott Melker, it was a case of wait and see until the longer time frames completed. 6-hour looks like the same as 4-hour, 12-hour needs 10 more hours, so barely worth watching, but the potential is there. Bottom line, no clear signal yet, but worth keeping an eye if they can build up, he wrote in part of a series of tweets on Wednesday. So the resolution of current price action would nonetheless be a moment of truth for Bitcoin and USD, he said. As Cointelegraph reported, attention was broadly focused on GameStop stock throughout the day after its 700% fortnightly gains caught the attention of both the media and regulators. Likewise, defiant expectations was movie theater chain AMC, which gained 240% in a day after avoiding bankruptcy. So hold on, Reuters vow. Bitcoin, despite being a more cost-effective buy-in than at almost any time since Christmas, failed to hold the limelight. People have maximum interest at $40,000 per Bitcoin, but almost zero interest at $30,000 per Bitcoin, interesting Van Depop said.
So data from on-chain monitoring resource Whalemap highlighted an area at $29,300 as likely support in the event of a $30,000 breakdown. Also worth noting is the dollar currency index showing its traditional inverse correlation with Bitcoin as the markets open on Wednesday. The DXY rebounded to its highest level in nearly two weeks while Bitcoin and stocks pulled back. Cryptocurrency skeptics, meanwhile, used the GameStop debacle to pour scorn on Bitcoin and those who argued that decentralized investment was a beneficial phenomenon. Attention Bitcoin holders! The only people who will walk away with any real winnings from the GameStop short squeeze will be those smart enough to sell. Those who hold will likely lose it all. Bitcoin holders will meet the same fate if they fail to realize their paper profits, Goldbug Peter Schiff tweeted. A glance at the subreddit used for stocks, plays, Wall Street bets, meanwhile showed that user strategies focused on holding, not selling their newly profitable stock at the expense of unprepared hedge funds. Retail reflexivity and action of the traditional markets commented trader Philip Swift, adding, Never underestimate the power of the masses. So I found this pretty interesting, right? Because, look, Bitcoin, like I said, is a pretty interesting asset, right? And technically, like I said, it is deemed as a capital asset by the U.S. government, which means also if you were to hold it for over like a year, I believe, you'd be taxed at the capital tax rate, which is actually pretty beneficial. So for instance, let's say that you bought Bitcoin back when it was like $10,000, right? If you held it for like a year and then you sold it and it still be around like $30,000 each, you would save a lot of money, right? So it is an investment, but you should never have all of your money in it, right? Just to keep that in mind, whenever you want to invest, you should do more of a diversified route. Now, some people might try to say like you should always just you know go all in into whatever you believe, and that can be good if you have the time to research everything, right? Like for instance, if you do enough research about Bitcoin, you understand how it works, you understand how it creates, you understand how Bitcoin is actually created, and you believe that you know over time the scarcity scarcity of Bitcoin in the marketplace would equal to a higher valuation down the line, then yeah, go ahead and buy, you know, however much Bitcoin you want, right? Because you believe in that asset. But that's after you do all the research necessary to get involved in something like this. Same thing with any individual stock, right? Sure, you could buy Apple, you could buy Amazon individually or even Tesla. And a lot of people became millionaires from investing strictly into Tesla and just Tesla, right? But that's because they did enough research about Tesla. They believed in the stock. They believed in the company. They believed in Elon Musk. And they were willing to lose everything because they put all of their time and energy into investing into that company, right? Like you have to be prepared to, one, lose everything. You have to be prepared to spend a lot of time and a lot of energy doing research on different assets individual assets to really justify putting money into it right like you never want to put something in like money into something at least a large portion of your money into something when you don't understand it which is why 
typically the best way for the everyday person, right, that works like a day-to-day job, the best way to invest is more so from like mutual funds and index funds because it's very passive. Over time, it's going to keep on growing pretty much no matter what. And you don't really got to pay attention to it. You just got to be consistent and invest basically every single month, a ratio or percentage of your monthly income, right? Like there's not too much thinking about that. But if you want to invest into single assets, into single stocks, be prepared to spend a lot of time, be prepared to spend a lot of money, and be prepared to lose everything which a lot of people are not willing to do, which is why they end up freaking out and end up, you know, whenever there's a loss that they see, they end up losing all their money. Regardless of how much money they actually make, there's a lot of people who are emotional investors and they end up, you know, buying into a individual stock or into Bitcoin and they see a dip and they're like, oh, snap, I got to sell everything. Oh, snap, I got to sell everything even more. And it just leads to a lot of uh, pain in their wallet. Pelosi's back in the news. So Nancy Pelosi's recent stock purchase raises important ethics issues for all of Congress, which, by the way, let's face facts, pretty much every politician has the potential to be corrupted, and most likely every politician is corrupted, right? Because when you involve so much money and power into anything, it's pretty hard to actually not be swayed by different interest groups, right? So let's get into it. So Nancy Pelosi made some stock purchases last month that are raising eyebrows and questions about the ethics of Congress people buying and selling stocks, which, by the way, this isn't the first time she's actually done this. She's done this multiple times. Right. So in December, uh, Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, purchased 25 call options of Tesla stocks, along with a few other stock purchases. Now, why does this matter? Because under the Biden administration's new agenda, with its focus on environmental protections and combating climate change, Pelosi could benefit financially from those political plans, which, by the way, you might be shocked to learn this. But it's actually not illegal for her to actually do something like this. For the everyday citizen, right, for pretty much all of us, if we were to do something like this, right, because we got information ahead of time basically saying like, oh, you know, this person's about to pass a bill or sign something, and we have like that insider knowledge it would actually be super illegal for us to do this, and we would actually go to prison for this. Like that's what's so crazy about this that for some reason it's perfectly it's perfectly legal for politicians, specifically Congress people, to actually be able to do something like this, whereas the everyday citizen would be in prison. Okay? That's what's so disturbing about this. So President Joe Biden is currently encouraging the purchase of electric vehicles, and that could mean lifting the cap on sales, providing tax credits to buyers, and a potential program incentivizing people to trade in used vehicles to buy an electric one. Biden also announced on Monday that he would be replacing the entire fleet 
of 645,000 federal vehicles with electric ones. Now, this could create a conflict of interest as part of Pelosi's job will include working to pass these environmental and clean energy initiatives, initiatives from which her family now stands to profit handsomely, in which, again, this isn't the first time that she's done something like this. Which, by the way, I believe... Now, don't, you know... Well, you actually probably should check this out, do your own research. But I'm pretty certain her net worth is in the nine figures. So according to Disclosure, Pelosi, or her husband Paul, who runs a venture capital firm, which is questionable, right, purchased call options at a stake price of $500. Since the calls were bought last month, shares of Tesla have risen from $640.34 to over $890. The call options are now valued at $1.12, and they were purchased for between $500,000 and $1 million. So questions of whether it's ethical for members of Congress to buy and sell stocks are not new. Last year, former Georgia Senator Kelly Loeffler was accused of insider trading and profiting off the coronavirus pandemic when she sold between $1.275 million and $3.1 million in stocks right after being briefed in January 2020 about the seriousness of the virus. And in June of 2020, the investigation was dismissed by a Senate ethics panel. And since then, Loeffler lost her seat in the Senate to Democrat Raphael Warnock. And another former Georgia senator, David Perdue, was also criticized for potentially unethical stock purchases during the six years he spent in Congress. The Republican was investigated by the Justice Department for his stock market activity, though no wrongdoing was found. He, too, lost his recent re-election campaign to a Democrat, John Ossoff, which, again, all these people, Republican and Democrat, both do these things, and it's not illegal for them to do it, right? Because they're never going to be found guilty of something like this. That's what's so crazy. So in the past, there has been legislation aimed at combating this. The Stock Act, passed after the 2008 financial crisis, attempted to stop insider trading by making it illegal for government officials to trade stocks after receiving material or non-public information derived from their jobs or information that they received while performing their jobs. In light of the Loeffler and Purdue activity, that bill has been re-examined, and some people have argued it did not go far enough. Because here's the thing, right? Basically, the way that they did it was they did technically make it illegal, but it will never be enforced, right? Which basically means like, oh, okay, you did something illegal on paper, but you don't actually got to face the consequences of it, right? So in turn, it makes it not illegal, Right, because if you never enforce it, it technically means it's legal, right? That's basically watching someone get bullied and then you don't actually do something to the bully. That means, oh, okay, it's okay to bully. That's basically what they did, right? So, given that Congress' first obligation is to the American people and that serving that obligation so often requires having more knowledge than ordinary American investors, why should members of Congress be permitted to trade in individual stocks at all? Tyler Galash, a former Senate staffer who helped draft the Stock Act, wrote last year in a piece for Politico. 
Why should we expect them to even be capable when making business decisions of separating what they know as a result of their governmental job and what they might otherwise know as private individuals? All other lawmakers agree, including Senators Elizabeth Warren and Jeff Merkley. Currently, there is proposed legislation that would ban individual stock purchases by members of Congress after nearly four years of the most corrupt president in American history, according to them. And with U.S. senators recently trading stocks to profit off a raging pandemic, the Anti-Corruption and Public Integrity Act is more urgent than ever, Warren and other lawmakers said in a joint statement. So feel free to give your thoughts on this, because the thing is, yeah, it should actually be illegal, right? That being said, there's also, you could technically use common sense and basically be like, okay, well, you kind of know what Biden's going to do, because he basically said what he's going to do exactly, right? So you could pretty much invest, you could have invested before the whole election, right, with the assumption that he might have won, and did certain investments and technically would have made probably a lot of money, right? So technically speaking, you could still make very good investments without this prior knowledge, but all the people in Congress, all these politicians, it should be illegal for them to trade individual stocks. Now, them buying maybe ETFs, maybe them buying like index funds, I would actually be okay with because they just buy everything, right? But individual stocks, I do not like them being able to do this because like they basically said, and also it's just like, imagine if like you could literally turn like a hundred grand, right? Into like a million dollars every single year. Right or even every other month, because technically this is something that they could easily do because they end up trying to pass bills pretty often, which could directly impact the stock market, right? Or a specific company. For example, you may not know this, but obviously Biden is trying to basically get rid of all the sales of, I think, firearms online, right? And if people basically knew that beforehand, right, or that he was actually like actually going to pass this stuff, right, you could have made an investment in basically short selling all these different, you know, maybe public gun manufacturers and made an absolute amount, like a huge amount of money, right? But, you know, most people did not know that or were not even aware of that. Whereas other people maybe in Congress would have known that, that it would have been basically a for sure thing and also it's just like the way i see it when people end up like in congress where they're basically incentivized to basically try to pass specific bills for their own interests even though it might not be obvious but basically if they know like if they were to pass this bill they could turn their investment into like a seven-figure paycheck that's not cool right like that's pretty disturbing but feel free to give your thoughts on it because I just don't personally like this. And I think it should be illegal for any politician to do something like this. Especially when they literally work to pass bills that will directly affect companies. Trading platforms, outage hits, Robinhood, TD Ameritrade, and more amid the GameStop volatility. Most, mostly due basically to Wall Street bets, right? 
in Washridge's beds, basically, it's amazing what they did. And the person who originally made the greatest probably investment ever on Washridge's beds, if he were to sell everything, I think could make over like $22 million profit, right? Or plus that, which is pretty insane when you really think about it, right? So major trading platforms like Robinhood, TD Ameritrade, E-Trade, and more are seeing intermittent outages this morning. With users unable to log into their accounts as the stock market undergoes its weirdest week in a long time. The downtime, which also reportedly affects Charles Schwab, Fidelity Investments, and more, comes as the game stock, stock surges for bizarre reasons, and AMC looks to be about to see the same turbulence. That started when a group of Reddit-led investors set their sights on pumping GameStop stock. Despite no real expectations that the game retailer would actually see a return in line with their investment, they flooded the market to drive it through one of the greatest periods of volatility GME has seen. The motivation, beyond doing it for the lows, right, appears to be taking on hedge funds which typically short sell stocks to make a profit. While Wall Street seems confused by the movements, attempting to apply traditional explanations for share prices rising and falling, the GameStop stock itself has roared up to around $300 plus a share. Now it seems that the attention on Reddit is turning to another languishing stock, that of movie theater chain AMC. And as much as there's a collective strategy behind all this, it's been selected as the next target for an apparent pumping. As you might have guessed, this is all fairly atypical for the stock market, and regular investors may want to steer well clear. This shouldn't, to be entirely transparent, be considered investment advice, because the potential for losing large amounts of money is significant. What seems to have come along with this surge in speculation is downtime for the big names in trading. Robinhood, TD Ameritrade, E-Trade, Charles Schwab, Fidelity Investments, Vanguard, and more are all experiencing intermittent downtime on Wednesday morning, with users struggling to log in to check in their portfolios or commit any trades. While it's unconfirmed whether that's down to an increase in interest from this week of trading turbulence, it does seem likely to be connected. So due to a techn technical issue, some clients are experiencing issues with online trading. Charles Schwab, which also owns TD Ameritrade, said in a statement today. We're working to resolve the issue as quickly as possible. Please do not place trades again as duplicate orders may be created. We apologize for any inconvenience. The struggles come only a day after extensive downtime, predominantly on the east coast of the U.S., though with impact across the country, that saw popular services like Google, Slack, Zoom, and more inaccessible to users. Which is like pretty crazy, right? Like Wall Street Bets... You got to give them props, right? Whether you know you're part of that community or not, props to you for basically also pretty much slapping all these uh, trading companies, trading platforms like around, right? Like it's almost like a whack-a-mole, right? Which, by the way, if you want a free stock worth up to potentially $500, feel free to join Robinhood down below and link a bank account. By the way, it's still pretty funny like that they're able to do something like this, that a group of people with the same goal in mind could drastically affect something, right? 
Like, it's so cool to actually see something like this. Now, I personally wouldn't recommend anyone from, like, investing into, like, GameStop because the potential risk is just so high, right? Like, it's just so high to potentially put money into something like this because you know it's being played, right? Same thing with AMC. Like, AMC, I don't know how they're going to survive, honestly, right? I think they've closed so many businesses down and they're closing even more and more and more because they were so debt heavy when basically the whole pandemic hit so it's gonna be interesting to see what happens and uh, feel free to give your thoughts because i think this is insane absolutely insane pretty serious story to uh talk about so another dc police officer commits suicide after capital riot and before we continue before we like reread this story, I hope that anyone that is out there dealing with something like this talks to someone. If they're thinking about this, talk to someone, talk to a friend, talk to a family member, maybe hit someone that you end up following on social media just to like potentially get a response back because it's hard to see people decide to end it all, right? Like, because this is a pretty serious thing, and a lot of people deal with a lot of different issues in their life. But you should never choose to end it, right? You should always be hopeful. You should always be like, okay, I want to start again tomorrow. Think of it as like a brand new day, basically restarting the whole game that you're playing. Now, obviously, you're always going to have issues from either your past or whatever is going on in the world, right? You know, because... COVID's still a thing tomorrow, right? But you can still live your life like you're starting over again every day so that you can be like, okay, I want to do something awesome today. Oh, I want to do something cool today. Because again, it's super hard to hear or see anyone decide to do this, right? Regardless of the situation, it's hard to see. So let's read into it. So a Washington, D.C. police officer who responded to the January 6th Capitol riot Committed suicide in the days after the siege, the acting chief of the Metropolitan Police Department told members of Congress. So Officer Jeffrey Smith is one of two cops to commit suicide in the aftermath of the riot. Capitol Police Officer Howard Liebengood also died by suicide soon after the insurrection. Officer Brian Sicknick, what a name, right? Also of the Capitol Police, died after being beaten by rioters as they tried to break into the building in an attempt to overturn the results of the 2020 presidential election. Acting Chief Robert J. Conti, I think the third, announced Smith had died while addressing a closed session of the House Appropriations Committee. We honor the service and sacrifices of officers Brian Sicknick, Howard Liebengood, and Jeffrey Smith and offer condolences to all the grieving families, he said. The cost for this insurrection, both human and monetary, will be steep. He added, Federal authorities have charged more than 150 people who attended the riot and stormed the Capitol ever President Donald Trump spoke to the crowd, claiming the 2020 election had been stolen from him. And of course, I'm not giving you know, a viewpoint as to one side or the other on that. Authorities have not charged anyone in Sicknick's death. So, I mean, feel free to give your thoughts on this whole situation. But it's pretty hard to see, right? Because you never want to see anyone 
decide to do that. You know, feel free to give your points, your viewpoints, and all that kind of stuff. And if you know someone who is potentially dealing with something like this, feel free to reach out to them. If they're faced, if you know someone who's just like dealing with a lot of depression or a lot of health issues or something like that that might be like affecting them mentally or emotionally to like a high degree, just feel free to reach out to them. Be like, hey, how are you doing? How are you feeling? What did you do today? Just anything simple like that, because just simply saying hi to someone could literally help stop them from doing something like this. Just like a simple conversation. So, yeah, this is pretty serious. And uh, yeah, give your thoughts on it. So Tesla misses on earnings, expects 50% average annual growth in deliveries going forward. Right. So Tesla reported earnings after the bell and is a miss on earnings, but another profitable quarter for Elon Musk's electric vehicle and solar business. The shares fell about 4% after hours. So here are the results versus what analysts were expecting, according to estimates compiled by Refinitiv. So the earnings is $0.80 cents adjusted for well, versus $1.03 per share expected. The revenue is $10.74 billion versus $10.4 billion expected. The company also gave some production guidance going forward, writing over a multi-year horizon, we expect to achieve 50% average annual growth in vehicle deliveries. The company expects faster delivery growth than that for 2021, and Tesla's gross margins reached 19.2% in the fourth quarter of 2020, the lowest since the last quarter of 2019. Capital expenditures hit $1.15 billion for the period ending December 31st, 2020. So the company also reported positive free cash flow for the year of $2.79 billion, more than double the 2019 figure of $1.08 billion. So Tesla previously said it had delivered 499,550 vehicles in 2020, falling barely shy of its guidance for half a million vehicle deliveries in 2020. And deliveries are the closest approximation of sales numbers disclosed by Tesla. It produced 509,737 vehicles during the year. Which, you know, when you really think about it, that's pretty crazy to actually see right that it pretty much almost sold every vehicle that it produced in 2020 which most car companies can't do which by the way i don't know if you're aware of this but tesla makes more money per car than any other vehicle manufacturer and the reason why i say that is because if you were to base it off of how much money they made also from the stock price I think it's over a million dollars per car of profit, right, that they have actually made, which is crazy. So both deliveries and production numbers set a new record for the maturing electric car company, seen as a triumph in a year when auto sales and factory operations were dampened by a global pandemic. So Tesla also said it would begin producing its latest model, a crossover SUV, the Model Y, at new plants in Austin, Texas, in Brandenburg, Germany, in 2021, using the company's own new battery cells, which Tesla unveiled at an annual shareholder meeting and battery presentation in September last year. And today's report is Tesla's first census addition to the S&P 500. 
Vehicle sales in China largely enabled Tesla to hit record deliveries in 2020. So did the introduction of a new crossover SUV, the Model Y, which Tesla began to produce in serious volumes in the first quarter last year out of its Fremont, California car plant. Since Tesla's third quarter earnings call in October 2020, the price of the company's stock has more than doubled, giving it a market capitalization of more than $835 billion, and making it the Fifth most valuable company in the U.S. So feel free to give your thoughts. How high do you think、uh, Tesla is going to go? How strong of a company do you think it's going to be? I'm pretty bullish on Tesla on a whole, just because they're going to keep improving year after year after year, and with the like goals of Elon. Especially to like you know go over to Mars and all that kind of stuff. He basically he basically wants to pretty much save this world and then also basically populate Mars pretty much, right? I think that pretty much no other car company or vehicle company could pre- pretty much combat him or be on a level of Tesla, right? Because I mean, there's going to be other car companies. They might have like special like niche. Categories, but no other car company probably will ever have, compared to Tesla's infrastructure of the whole charging network, the Tesla network that like you know just charges all all their vehicles. Because Tesla right now, you could do, you know, cross country road trips. I don't think you can really do that with any other electric car from any other car company at this point. And as time goes on. Tesla is going to keep on building up the infrastructure, which means they're pretty much going to own the market of charging stations, the infrastructure of that, right? Eventually, yeah, they could potentially just license that charging stations to other car companies. I don't know if they ever will, but it's still very interesting, right? It's very, very interesting, and I am very bullish on Tesla. And it'd be pretty cool to see Tesla just grow, like go, like just skyrocket like crazy. It'd be really cool to see Tesla go to like ten thousand dollars per share. I would love that, right? That'd be pretty amazing. But、uh, yeah, it'd be pretty interesting. And also, it's just fun to see Elon go against Bezos in a lot of different ways too, as well. Feel free to give your thoughts.